Fry Orthodontics presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Your smile is just the start. Online at fryorthodontics.com. There is no golden rule in football. I've covered the sport for over 40 years now, and I've talked to all kinds of coaches from high school to the top of the NFL, and many conversations through the years that we've had off the record are more interesting than anything you ever got in an interview or could publish or talk about, really, or things that coaches like to say in promoting a game or not saying something about their opponent or whatever. Sometimes coaches are very uninteresting by design. So we all recognize and know that. But since there's no golden rule, and I've heard a whole bunch of different things, we know that there are basics to the game, blocking and tackling, winning up front, quarterback play. I mean, there's all kinds of things in the sport that are incredibly obvious. I'll tell you the one thing that every coach I've ever asked or talked to this about, this is head coaches and defensive coordinators and defensive coaches. There is one thing in football that every coach I've ever met and talked to agrees on. They agree with this. And it isn't that the team with the best quarterback always wins. It's nothing absolute, something like that. Chiefs have the best quarterback coming into this game. He's better than Lamar Jackson. There's no debate there. Media's trying to hype this up as two equals. These are not two equals in any way. The Baltimore Ravens are one-dimensional. They're a running football team. They're number 21 in the NFL in passing. If you make the Ravens pass the ball, you've heard me say this all week long, the Chiefs are going to win this game. The Chiefs are not great against the run. They weren't great against the run this year. And since Steve Spagnuolo came to Kansas City in 2019, the Chiefs are dead last in the NFL. They have given up more quarterback touchdown runs than any team in the league since Spagnuolo arrived. The Chiefs' defense is clearly built to keep Joe Burrow and Josh Allen from carving them up, throwing for 300 yards. It has been transformed and built into that defense, and it is exceptional at stopping Big plays through the air. That's what the Chiefs do. So we're asking them to do something different this week. This week, the Chiefs have to be a run defense. Mainly, they have to contain Lamar Jackson. Can the Ravens run the ball with their running backs? Absolutely. There's all kinds of things that they can do, but that's not what's going to beat you. What's going to beat you is a third and seven where you're playing a pass defense. Lamar Jackson busts out of the pocket and runs for a first down. The Chiefs have been very successful at keeping Lamar Jackson in the pocket. They have beaten him three times out of four with this group, with this head coach and this quarterback. Mahomes is 3-1 and against him. The time that Lamar Jackson was able to beat the Chiefs was in 2021 when Lamar Jackson was able to run, run for 107 yards and three touchdowns. If that happens Sunday, the Chiefs are cooked. They're beat. They have no chance. Now, you'll recall about 2021, the Chiefs had no defense. The Chiefs were rebuilding their defense. They've now rebuilt their defense into the number two defense in the NFL. And they have the personnel to make schematic changes and do things differently this week as they did in the second half against Josh Allen last week, keeping him in the pocket so he didn't get loose running the ball to hold Lamar Jackson to 50 yards. If they hold him to 50 yards, I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. Unless those 50 yards include three 11-yard touchdown runs. That can be a problem, obviously. But the one single thing that every coach I've ever interviewed or ever spoken with, and again, it's not the golden rule of football, but it's the only thing I can think of that every coach philosophically agreed with, and I've never met one that didn't believe this. Even a coach like Andy Reid, who's an offensive coach, has said this and would agree with this. They don't like saying it out loud because they don't like being proven wrong. But they all say it in private. Any defense, any time, in any game, 
can take away one thing. It's a given. Again, it doesn't ensure victory. It can't be the golden rule of football because that, that doesn't score any points for your offense. But it is an absolute about football coaching that on defense, any defense, even bad defenses, against great offenses, can always take away one thing. If your goal is to keep Patrick Mahomes from completing 50-yard passes downfield, that's pretty easy. You flood the secondary. You have a lot of guys back, and you take that part of the game away. Then the Chiefs line up and just hit you with little crossing routes and run the ball at you. You know, you probably got six defenders back there. You can run the football on them. It's what stopping that one thing allows the offense to do. In this case, if you stop Lamar Jackson from running the football, which a lot of times entails keeping a spy on him, that could be Drew Tranquil, could be Nick Bolton. A lot of times it entails that. The downfall of the spy is it takes the spy out of the defense. It's it's almost a, like on most plays where Lamar Jackson doesn't wind up running, it's a wasted defender. So it creates, creates mismatches everywhere. But you can take that part away. The question of this football game is, when the Chiefs attempt to take away Lamar Jackson running the ball, if they do, if they do, and maybe the Chiefs just say, we're going to line up and play and see what happens. We're going to play our, our defense like they did last week. Do you remember Josh Allen got loose and the Bills ran all over the Chiefs? Then they made the adjustment. They stopped the run. They turned the Bills into a passing team. Oh, and the Chiefs only gave up seven points in the second half. If it were me, I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm not paid the big bucks. I'd come out in that defense. I would start the game that way. I would stop the run at all cost. I would I would jam the box. I would spy Lamar on a, any sort of shotgun, you know, even if it's a quarterback draw, whatever. I would contain the pocket. I would not have my defensive ends cheat to the outside and come around the edge. It's a fool's errand to try to beat him with speed around the edge on a pass rush. I would box him in. I would close the pocket as you get closer to him and make him throw from the pocket. That's what I do. Hey, if the dude beats you downfield, he beats you downfield. I'm taking McDuffie and Sneed, and my, I'll keep Reed back, although you may use him in run support. Reed may be a guy that comes up and plays a lot and tackles Lamar Jackson a lot. He gets a lot of tackles in the run game. I take my chances. Zay Flowers is their rookie receiver. He's had a tremendous rookie year, but he's a rookie. Sneed and McDuffie have locked down every great receiver in this league this year. They, they were very, very good at all this. Devontae Adams had one good game for the Raiders. But for the most part, the other team's star receiver had a well below average day against the Chiefs all season long. I'm taking my chances. I'm lining my guys up. I think their best chance of a big 30-plus yard gain downfield, the Ravens, is a pass interference call. Honest to God, I think that's their best shot. And I'll bet we see it. And at some point, we're like, damn, Sneed just got called for a P.I. on a pass 34 yards downfield that was thrown six yards to the inside and never would have been caught or out of bounds or over his head or underthrown or whatever. It will not be a beautifully thrown ball. It'll just be a P.I. And we'll go, dang it. That was a crappy throw, but they got 34 yards out of it. That's their best shot at it. But this is a simple game plan. You contain Lamar Jackson with his legs. You, be, you make him a thrower, and if you do, you should be able to have some success at holding them to 20 points or less. Or let's just say 22 points or less. 21 points or less. They're not a touchdown team. They're a field goal team. They rely on their kicker. They play to their kicker. He's the greatest kicker of all time. The advantage the Ravens have this week, 
is they have a better kicker than the Chiefs. That may be controversial with Chiefs fans, but it's true. They've got the greatest kicker of all time, and they will play to him. Their MO is a field goal is a win. They have a great defense. The Chiefs have learned this over the last month. Field goals are okay. Stay in the game. Butker's a good kicker. Play this game out at the end. What the Ravens do is they wear you down. Then they can run it even better in the fourth quarter because they've worn your defense down with multiple plays, long times of possession, things of that nature. But man, I'm coming out, and, and I know this is an absolute in football. I have never met a coach in my life that hasn't said, we can take one thing away. If the Chiefs' game plan is to keep Lamar Jackson from running the football, especially big plays and into the end zone, they can do that. At what cost? I don't know. I'm certainly not enough of a Ravens expert, but I've watched Lamar Jackson play long enough to know this. And you may remember this from last offseason. Lamar Jackson signed a massive contract extension. Five years, $260 million, something like that. Do you remember the controversy over the previous year and a half and the question the Ravens had that kept them awake at night? Should we re-sign this quarterback and pay him this money? They had a quarterback that was 1-3 in the playoffs. They have a quarterback that they know his absolute, by far, strongest attribute is his running, his athletic ability. It's not close. On a scale of 1 to 10, he's a 10. Passing on a scale of 1 to 10, he's a a 6.5. So they're looking around the AFC. They've watched Joe Burrow make it into the Super Bowl. They've watched Mahomes win two. Now we're talking, and Josh Allen is maybe the second best quarterback in the AFC. We're talking about guys that can all get out of the pocket and get first downs. But we're not talking about offenses that are built around their quarterback running the football. The Bills were in the beginning, their best offensive weapon was Josh Allen his first couple of years running the football. And they said, we can't keep doing this. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt. We can't keep doing this. He became more and more of a passer. and He's a terrific passer. He ran the ball beautifully against the Chiefs last week. Different style of runner. He bulldozes you. Lamar Jackson squirts around you. But the Bills have moved away from that. They've gone to more passing, less running with Josh Allen. We can't get our quarterbacks hurt. The Bengals obviously had injury problems with Joe Burrow. They're not going to want him to ever run the ball again. The Chiefs completely limit what Patrick Mahomes does. They will not quarterback sneak him. They don't use him in the goal line. They won't put him under center. He scrambles on passing plays, and that is it. They don't want Patrick Mahomes to run the football, and yet he does. Patrick Mahomes could run for 50 yards in this game, and nobody would be surprised. I think the over-under this week in Vegas for Mahomes rushing yards is about 28. Lamar Jackson's about 55. So it's almost twice as much. Should that be the reason that the Baltimore Ravens, by a computer, that Lamar Jackson is likely to run for 28 more yards than Patrick Mahomes, is that the reason the Baltimore Ravens have a 64% chance of winning? I can't see that. I can't see that. And I would love to see what the score of this game is if the Chiefs hold Lamar Jackson's rushing yards under 50. If he's under 50 rushing, I would love to see what the final score is. I will, I will suggest this right now. If Lamar Jackson is under 50 rushing yards, the Chiefs will win this game like 23 to 10, 23 13, 23 to 9. That's my gut. That's, that's what it tells me. Yeah, I read a headline. 
And this is what got me going on this. And I've been waiting until Friday to do my full preview and give me my full thoughts because this is the AFC Championship game for the sixth time in a row. And somehow the Chiefs are underdogs. Even though this is them, this is what they do. A headline I read on a website was, Chiefs defense faces toughest task yet. And I'm not even going to give you my opinion. I'll ask you the question. Would you rather face a running quarterback or Joe Burrow and his receivers at their best, Josh Allen and his receivers at their best, what would you rather face? Would you rather face the number 21 passer in the NFL who can run? Or would you rather face one of those gunslingers that can zip it around and cut you apart? So I do not agree with that headline. This is not the toughest test yet for the Chiefs defense. It might be the worst matchup for Kansas City. That's a whole different argument. That This story was not about the matchup. The Chiefs may not be built to stop the run. And they may not say we're selling out to stop the run for risk of isolating our corners or whatever. They may not do that early. And the Chiefs may be playing this game to the second half because it just doesn't seem likely that it's going to be anything other than very close at halftime. And low scoring. The defenses are both very good. The defenses are equal. The defenses are equal. The, the one glaring stat is the Chiefs aren't as balanced. The Ravens' defense is more balanced. Their run defense and pass defense are more equal. The Chiefs' pass defense is much better than its run defense. But I'll ask you this question. If the Ravens have a more balanced defense, but they're facing Patrick Mahomes, is their defense really that balanced? Because you would expect the Chiefs would pass better against the Ravens than most teams they play, like the you know rest of their schedule from the regular season. This is going to be fascinating. This is a coach's game. These are great head coaches. Can't tell you much about the Ravens staff. I know John Harbaugh is a terrific head coach. I know he will stop at nothing. He has been the coach that when he's played against the Chiefs, has taken every possible risk there is. Go for fourth downs, fake punts, onside kicks. This guy will do anything. That's not the Ravens anymore. They're the favorite. They're going to play the Chiefs differently now than they've ever played the Chiefs. When they've played the Chiefs before, it's been... We're, the, we're not as good as them. We're going to take every chance and do everything we possibly can. I can't wait to see how John Harbaugh approaches this game. How many chances does he take in the first quarter if he's got fourth and one from his 44-yard line? Is he running Lamar Jackson? Is he going for fourth downs? How will they do this? Because his MO against the Chiefs is we got to throw the kitchen sink at him. But with his team this year and what the computer says... The metrics are different in this game. The computer says the Ravens don't have to throw the kitchen sink at the Chiefs at all. They just need to go play the game over 60 minutes, and they got a 64% chance of winning. I'd rather play a quarterback that can get out on me than a quarterback that can hit that one big pass. Because a, a, a big, long touchdown pass is like a turnover, right? I mean, even if you just make a, a team drive, you have a chance to hold them to three. Let's say they run the ball well. They eat up seven minutes and they go down and kick a 36-yard field goal. That's kind of a winning drive for the Chiefs defense. When you're playing Joe Burrow or Josh Allen or somebody else, and you know T. Higgins gets behind you and goes 67 yards for a touchdown, that's just, that's awful. That's a, that is a glaring stat on the board in a game like this that will make all the difference in the world. Same goes for the Chiefs. If the Chiefs hit some big play, Rasheed Rice busts one of those plays where he takes off, goes 48 yards for a touchdown, that's a, that's a total difference maker. A defensive touchdown is a complete game changer. 
This is that game. One big play will set you apart from your opponent. Because I don't think there's going to be a lot of big plays in this game. At least most people don't. But I think back about that torn decision they have. Should we pay Lamar? Should we keep him? Well, they had no other real option, so they did. Owners are rich. They have to eat the money, whatever. But I think this year's Ravens are last year's Eagles. That's what I think they are. I think they're a good franchise. I think they know what they're doing. I think this is their moment in the sun. I think they're the Bengals of a couple of years ago. I think you get hot, you get rolling, and maybe it's your year, and maybe it's the Ravens' year, and maybe they get to the Super Bowl, and heck, maybe they win it. To me, if they do, it's a one-off. This team didn't know if they wanted to keep Lamar Jackson. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles don't know if they want to keep Jalen Hurts long-term. Not even a year removed from the Super Bowl, the Eagles are scratching their head going, wow, we might have made a mistake here. This may not be the guy. He had this magical year. And then all of a sudden, the league saw everything we're doing, and he gets frustrated, and he fights with his teammates, and he pouts on the bench, and he has terrible body language, and the Eagles just completely fell apart, and they got to be scratching their head about Jalen Hurts. You saw it. You watched it play out in real time. These quarterbacks are not Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow isn't Patrick Mahomes because he can't stay healthy. Josh Allen isn't because he can't beat Mahomes. Lamar Jackson, of course the Ravens can win. And of course he can get off and run for 87 yards and three touchdowns. It's all possible. It's all right there for them. If they do, you're not convincing me that there's some 10-year long-term threat to the Chiefs. To me, it's, it's the one-off. Essentially, what did Peyton, Peyton Manning was a great, Peyton Manning was better than Lamar Jackson. Peyton Manning was a great player. He won one Super Bowl at Indy while the Patriots were doing their thing. And that was a better team. And then he went to Denver and won one. Clearly, he was better than Lamar Jackson. This is a really, really interesting game. This could perhaps be their year. It could be. Ticket prices are soaring. They expect this AFC Championship game ticket price to, bit, to set a record. Last year, the record was set in the NFC Championship game, an average ticket price of $1,822. Okay. That was the record. That was the record. And they say this is going to beat that. Cool stuff. All right, KKHI is brought to you by ticketsforless.com. I don't know if you're going to go to Baltimore if you're looking for a ticket, but they've got them. They're not cheap. Maybe you'd like to go up to Ames and see Kansas-Iowa State on Saturday. Ooh, ooh, we'll get to that here in just a minute. That's going to be a terrific game. A big game, a couple of four and two teams. Or maybe you'd like to buy tickets for Allen Fieldhouse or a concert coming up or Royals opening day. Ticketsforless.com loves the promo code KKHI. Don't forget, you can always call Tickets for Less as well. Old school, baby. You want a personal ticket concierge? They'll help you. This is a local person. They will be knowledgeable and they will be friendly. And you mention the podcast and they will give you your discount. 913-685-3322. No fees added ever for Ticketsforless.com. Bstock.net. This weekend, LG 50-inch nanocell LCD TV 4K. that's for KKHI listeners only, $199. If you want to buy it online, you can get it that way too at bstock.net. The promo code is FOOTBALL24, FOOTBALL24. You can call their 800 number on their website. It's bstock.net, there's no dash, B-S-T-O-C-K.net, $199 for a 50-inch 
<laughs> LED LCD Smart TV 4K. Fantastic. How about this cool deal? Wireless soundbar, 15 bucks. Ooh, that's great. The Shark Ninja Cream Eye Ice Maker. These are brand new. They have seven one-touch programs. You choose between ice cream, sorbet, gelato, milkshake, smoothie bowl, 169 B That is a cool gift. Hey, guys, that, that's a Valentine's Day gift. You kidding me? That's awesome. Bstock.net or visit them at 14680 South Flaming Road in Olathe. Cross Kitchens KC is Kansas City's remodeler. They're online at crosskitchenskc.com. Man, I don't know what to tell you other than this is a family-owned business of great conservatives who really want to do the job right at your home. They understand how important your family is. They understand that all you have is time. Spend it wisely. And time spent at home with your family is the best time you can spend. Why not do it in the home that you love, refurbished, rebuilt a little bit, and remodeled? CrossKitchensKC.com, 816-898-7047 for CrossKitchensKC.com. All right, the Kansas-Iowa State game, this is interesting. Look, this is the game that this is the game where Kansas almost every year separates. I know they lost to Iowa State last year, and I know they won the Big 12, and they, and they were great. But this is just about the time where people start questioning Kansas. They lost a couple of games, and you're like, oh, they lost. How did they lose to Central Florida? How did they lose this game? So they've lost a couple of games. They don't look great. They certainly look really good at home, but they've struggled on the road. This one's on the road. It's at Ames. Iowa State's undefeated at home. They just won a hard-fought victory Wednesday night against Kansas State that was tied at 61. They went on a 13-1 run late. They're a fantastic defensive team. They don't score a lot. This game should be ugly as hell. It ought to be defense, defense, defense. KU scored 53 points in Ames last year. Bill Self was asked if this is the make-or-break game this year to win the Big 12, and his answer was no. We're going to lose some more games, but everybody in our league is going to lose more games. And I asked myself, have, has Bill Self ever said anything like that before? I don't think I've ever heard Bill Self in front of a microphone say, oh, no, 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 we're going to lose more games. We're, we're not that good, and this league is that hard. I don't remember this. I remember a whole lot of, oh, it's going to be a tough challenge. You know, we've lost there before, things like that, but not, we're going to lose more. I've never heard him say, we're going to lose more. Eh, I could be wrong. I don't want to make too big a deal of it, but it just struck me as a little odd that, and it struck me as, hey, by the way, lower your expectations. There's no, more, no number one seed in this league. Everybody's getting beat up. He went on to say, Houston's going to lose again. You know, he's Houston and Iowa State, their defenses and the way they play and, this league, and you know, if you've lost at Central Florida, you can clearly lose anywhere if you're Kansas, right? The most stunning thing to me, Danny Klinkscale was on our patrons podcast this week, Between the Lines 2.0. I'd love it if you signed up as a patron. You get bonus premium podcasts. You get the newsletter every weekend. It's five bucks a month. You can join at kkasissues.com. I'd be honored if you did that. We'd love for more people to hear the content and read the newsletter. I, I asked Danny, I said, where would... Where would Kansas be if they hadn't spent $1.3 million on their center, Hunter Dickinson, and outbid everybody else? And he just, blah, 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 he just almost fell off his chair. He goes, well, they wouldn't be very good. I was like, I think you're right. Uh, you know, they could be five, six, seventh in the Big 12 if they didn't get Hunter Dickinson with the money. So even at Kansas now in this era is in a situation where they have to buy an older player and get him in there because everybody's able to fill holes on their roster by going out and getting transfers and paying them. Everybody's able to do that. Not Hunter Dickinson level players, 
But if you've got a hole on your roster, teams can fill that in the offseason now. And they do. And I think that's making it more challenging. It is creating more parity. It's, it's, it's the opposite, really, of what I thought. But it's impossible for Bill Self to get the best players, freshmen in the country, and then not play them and bring them along slowly. It's just impossible to do that now. The kids want to play. They're going to go somewhere where they can play. So we're seeing more of that, and maybe we're hearing that out of Bill Self. He does have a valve in his heart. He has had life change. He had a life changing year last year. He has lost weight. He looks healthy. He looks better. He is not screaming as much on the sideline. He doesn't look like he's going to have a heart attack. He's saying things that I haven't heard. Is this a kinder, gentler, softer Bill Self? I don't think that makes him a less less of an X's and O's coach. Is he adapting to a new environment? Can he not scream at his players like he did before? Is this a new era? I don't know. All I know is I expected Kansas to look better than they have this year. They've got the best tandem in college basketball in McCullough and Dickinson, and there are just nights that they don't look great. Even though they got a couple of 24-year-olds out there that have been playing forever, making big bucks at Kansas, they're good. They, they, again, you win in Ames, it could change your whole year, and they may not lose again. And Bill Self may have been feeding us all a line. Nothing would shock me with Kansas. It wouldn't shock me if they didn't lose again. Actually, I do think that would shock me. They've, they've been so poor at times taking care of the ball on the road that I, I expect them to lose again on the road. I just think this is a really ugly game, and it's the kind of game that Bill Self can, can be the best coach and find a way in a possession or two late to X and O his way to winning this game. If it's 55-53 with a minute 30 to go, I don't care who's winning, Bill Self has the advantage. And that's what they're playing for. This is going to be really interesting on Saturday to see. But he does he does seem, and KU, the team seems, different than years past. And this is not unusual. We saw this with Jim Beheim. We saw it with Roy Williams. We saw it with Coach K. We've seen it with a lot of coaches. They just changed. There was a point in their career where they changed. Not that they took their pedal, their foot off the gas. All right, he's won national titles. And his place in the sport is cemented. And he's recognized as the best coach in college basketball. But maybe... Maybe some there's some other priorities in your life. He spent a lot of his news conference talking about the Chiefs, which is fine. He's done that before. But I think he was equating his team to the Chiefs. Look, we watched the Chiefs lose three out of four, he said. At one point, people were questioning them. That That's no reflection of what you will be in March. That does sound like Bill Self. What they will be in March is what he wants to talk about, not what they are in the third week of January. Interesting to uh, keep an eye on. All right, our world today, our news, is brought to you by the Finch Knife Company online at finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull with a Finch pocket knife. Great weekend to do this, guys. You've been thinking about getting the Finch pocket knife, and you haven't done it. You can order it online. They'll ship it right to you. I don't care where you live. We have a listener in Sweden that's from Kansas City that's ordered Finch pocket knives all the way to anywhere, anywhere you listen in the world. Finchknifeco.com. Keep life from getting dull. These knives are amazing. I'm carrying mine every day. I'm carrying it every day. I've never carried a pocket knife every day, and I'm carrying mine every day. I love it. I love having it for a, a wide variety of reasons that I won't go into here. One is a little bit of safety and security, for sure. Uh, absolutely. But it's also a great thing to have on you. I mean, the number of times where I'm like, oh, that straw is too long for you. Let me cut that straw. Oh, easy. Great. Now it's shorter. <laughs> Piece of cake. Finch Knife Co. or visit Shields in Overland Park. Window World is simply the best for less. Official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs. Spring is just around the corner. It's a great time right now to have Window World out to your home to say, what should we do when the weather gets better? I got this one window that's a pain in the rear or this side of my house 
has been beaten down with exposure to wind, rain, and sun. And I got problems with these windows. doesn't have to be the whole house, folks. It could be one little window you've got a problem with. Window World loves to do one window jobs. WindowsKansasCity.com is the website or call 816-799-0820 for Window World. Simply the best for less. Proud to say my dentist is Dr. Bill Bush. He can be your dentist too at North Kansas City Dental. He's also the quarterback's dentist, the kicker's dentist, the linebacker's dentist, the coordinator's dentist. He's everybody's dentist. NKC Dental, 816-471-2911. You might even see those people at the office when you schedule your appointment because they're routinely there. (laughs) Why wouldn't you? Two offices, one in Kansas, one in Missouri, nkcdental.com. All right, I got a clip I'm going to play for you here. I've been on this border thing this week, and I haven't done a lot over the last few months, but it looks like it's boiling to a head. I feel like this standoff in Texas where the government, federal government keeps giving an ultimatum to Governor Abbott, and the latest was on Thursday of 24 hours to start taking that fence down or else, but they don't say or else what. Biden's been backed in a corner. He can't really federalize. He can't really go in there with federal troops have the National Guard stand down and rip this stuff out. It'll be a terrible political move for him. He seems boxed in the corner a little bit. There may be some legal avenues that he could do something. I, I don't exactly know. Um, it's a real bad situation for Joe Biden. But bottom line is the reason this has happened is because the Democrats want this to happen. And I don't think most Americans know that yet. You know that. I know that. Most Americans don't know this yet. Messaging becomes very important. Winning the messaging and getting through to the American public on this issue now is wildly important. And Ted Cruz took the microphone yesterday talking about this insane bill that's loaded with Ukraine goodies and Israeli goodies and all this money and goodies. But nobody really knows what it says or what it's going to do at the border. By the way, it doesn't matter what it says they're going to do at the border because he's not going to do it. There's laws on the books. He can stop what's happening at the border right now with the laws that we have, and he won't do it. This is what the Democrats want, and Ted Cruz has the game plan for the messaging. This is exactly true. It is exactly right. It got no play on Thursday, but somehow this type of commentary, this type of news has to cut through the clutter and get to the American people. The Biden border crisis is an absolute humanitarian disaster, and Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing illegally into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many had died because he didn't care. When I brought 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man who had drowned floating in the Rio Grande. Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died of drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say, well, come on, that's harsh. They care. They care. Somewhere in their hearts, they care about all the people suffering and dying. Baloney. Because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success and he deliberately broke it. Democrats want these open borders. And this bill, this mysterious bill, 
that is buried down in the basement of Chuck Schumer's office. All of you has a, have a living as reporters. Ask yourself, why have you not read the text of the bill? There's a reason. As bad as we think the bill is, I promise you it's worse. The people pushing this deal knew, no, if the American people knew what was in it, they would be against it. This supplemental bill is a kamikaze plane in a box canyon with no exit headed for a train wreck. You look at this bill. The bill is not designed to fix this problem. By the way, the single greatest national security threat to America, this right here. I think the odds of a major terrorist attack in the United States are higher today than they've been any time since September 11th. You know what? In that spike, how many Hamas terrorists are there? How many Hezbollah terrorists are there? And what are we going to say when they carry out an attack here like October 7th in Israel? All right, there's Ted Cruz and his comments on what's going on at the border. And I wholeheartedly agree. It, 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 absolutely, we're just asking, we're asking for something really bad to happen. And maybe they're figuring before any terrorist is going to do anything, it'll be on the next president and it won't be Biden's problem. I Again, I don't think Biden's going to be president. Again, I think I think he's done. I don't think there's any way Joe Biden wins in November. I don't think he's running. Most people don't. Here's why I'm going to do a 180, and I don't do 180s very often. I've said we better stand down a little bit on this Joe Biden stuff with impeachment inquiries and Hunter Biden and whatever, because if we go too far, he won't run. Well, I'm more convinced than ever that he's not going to run. There are just more and more reports out there that Barack Obama won't have it. And that Obama wants to insert his wife into this thing, even though she's reluctant and doesn't want to do it, and has said she doesn't want to do it. I think what she doesn't want to do is she doesn't want to be vetted, and she doesn't want to campaign. But if they can put her in in August at a convention, and she only has to campaign for 60 days, September and October, before the election, with cream puff softball interviews with left-wing media and giant, you know, arenas and stuff where they'd all come out to see Barack and Michelle again, which they would. It would look like Trump rallies. She's a shoe-in. I'm telling you, she's a shoe-in. Americans are dumb voters. They vote on a feeling. Oh, that stuff feels so good. Michelle, first woman president. Oh, this is so great. They are America's first family. All right, they're our royalty. The Obamas are the royalty. Like it or not, they are. He's the kingmaker, and he can do this. And she will win. And you can laugh. She will win. She's an awful candidate. She'll be a terrible president. It won't matter. Barack Obama has said out loud what he'd really like to do is not be president, but sit in the wings and get to act as the president and tell the president what to do. Well, this is eight more years of that for him, isn't it? We're cooked. We're cooked if she gets in this race. We're cooked and our country's cooked. We're in a, a terrible sort of way. So here's my 180. We got to push full bore on this Biden stuff. You got to because ask yourself this: if they want, if he, if Obama really wants Biden out and Michelle in or Newsom or whatever, if he really wants that, why are they attacking Republicans so much for going after Biden and Hunter Biden? Why are they doing that? I started thinking about this. I'm like, why wouldn't they just stand down and let it happen? That'll get Biden out. The reason is simple: if the Republicans, through malfeasance, impeachment, whatever convince America that Biden is a fraud and the Democrats have ripped us off and that they're bad. Whoever replaces Biden has the asterisk by him that it's still the same party. That person will just be, oh, she gets dropped in because she's the replacement for Biden because he couldn't run like Nixon didn't run, like Gerald Ford didn't get elected. He lost because why? 
because he got inserted because the other president was a fraud. They will view Michelle Obama differently if Biden is in real trouble. The Biden family leaves in scandal, or it looks like it, it has the appearance of leaving in scandal. Okay, that's all it really takes, the appearance of leaving in scandal. That's a whole different situation than this May or June, Joe Biden stepping up at the microphone saying, I'm not well, I don't feel good physically, I don't want to talk about my you know, health condition, but I'm not physically fit to be president, and, and because we're a great democracy and a great party, I'm stepping down. This job, I'm too old for this job. It's past me. It's been an honor to be your president. I'm going to support whoever the party decides, and God bless America, and he walks away, and he looks noble in doing that. He can, he can look noble in doing that if he gets out in front of the Republicans. So I, th this is why I think it's really important now to just attack, attack, attack Biden. We have to make it look like whoever replaces him is because he's a fraud and the party's a fraud. And this is a latch ditch effort to save something. We can't make it look like, oh, Biden did something on his own. And now here comes Michelle. I think that's a, a really important theme over the next few months we're gonna have to talk about. I'm, I'm terrified. I'm absolutely, I don't get scared of much. I am terrified of Michelle Obama. Oh my God, she's a radical witch. Oof. Oh my God, what's going to happen in this country? Good Lord. Uh, gender equity study is out. You hear a lot about gender equity, right? It's a, such a problem in America. We need more equality between men and women. More jobs in the workplace, higher paying jobs, equal pay, all these things. You've heard this for decades, right? Uh, here's some data. 88% of our firefighters 94% of our construction workers, 84% of our troops, 95% of our trash collectors, 95% of our cable installers, that's not cable TV, that's cable in the ground, 96% of road builders, 94% of iron workers, 96% of coal miners, 96% of electricians, and 99% of plumbers in the United States of America are men. Do they really want equality? How many women are growing up right now, listening to Taylor Swift, going to the Barbie movie, wanting to be an iron worker. I'm going to go to work in a steel mill. This, good God, we're stupid. Oh, this stuff just kills me. It kills me. I mean, there's certain things that dude's got to do. Sometimes the job requires a man. Of all those things I just read for you, what the, the easiest thing probably for, I'm thinking, it's not an easy job. Let me, I, I got to take that back. If I'm a woman and I'm looking at all these things, if I'm in the troops, I could get killed. Trash collection kind of sucks. You're out in the elements. It's really cold. Road work is brutal. Fighting a fire, you can die. Iron worker, dangerous. Coal miner, underground. Electrician, you can shock yourself to death. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff here. I'm looking at this list. The highest percentage of men is plumbers? Why don't women want to be plumbers? What is that? That seems like something, you're indoors. Like almost all plumbing jobs are indoors. There's plumbing jobs outside. I know that. A lot of those are construction or big jobs or, you know, I, I guess it's plumbing when you're talking about the water main from the house to the, to the main and things like that. But, but, but those plumbers are indoors. A little outside work, you check a gas line. That's dangerous. But I'm talking about if you just want to be a plumber that didn't check gas lines. 
You just want to do the plumbing inside. Eh, 99% men? I'm going to get emails from plumbers, man. I love you guys. I love you guys. But it seems to me if I was a woman and I looked at all these jobs, that's the one I'd want to do. And that's the one that's got the highest percentage of men. I've got a theory. They don't want to touch the toilet. That's my theory. (laughs) I'm a terrible man. I'm a bad person. I said it. I think the highest percentage is plumbers because women don't want to touch that toilet. They don't even want to lift the seat up and down. Why do men have to lift the seat up and down? If we're looking for equality and equity, what's the difference? I use it up, you use it down. What's the matter? We can each do it one way. I'll lift it up because you left it down. And if you want it back down and I'm not the next one to pee, you put it down. I've never understood this argument. (laughs) I've never understood it. Now, Jessica hasn't touched a toilet seat in this house since we moved in. Not once. Because I lift it and put it down. The soft closed toilet seat has changed our life. This was many years ago. The soft closed toilet seat, if you don't have it, they're 39 bucks to hardware store. Put them in. Even I can install those. Oh, they're glorious. There's no real work. You just tap it and it goes down all by itself. <laughs> oh, I'm getting emails on this one. 99% of plumbers are men. I'm telling you, they don't want to touch that toilet seat. It's gross. Okay, this is a crazy one. You've heard about the the weed killer. Now, the weed killer. The weed killer is a woman in California. Her name is Bryn Speaker. Crazy story. Bryn Speaker is 33. Her boyfriend was named Chad O'Melia. He was 26. Chad O'Melia liked to smoke pot because smoking pot's cool, man. And it's legal. Yeah, we got legal pot. You get baked all you want now. Come on, let's do it. Let's get high. Let's buy a bong. Let's get some tasty buds. Let's get the strong stuff, man. Let's get baked. They did. She's not very good at smoking weed, and it was the strongest stuff either one of them had ever had. She goes into pot psychosis. That's what they call it. Grabs a knife and stabs Chad 108 times in a fit of rage. She stabbed the dog. The police came. She was shaking in psychosis with the knife in her hand, blood all over her. The police came to get her, and she started stabbing herself. She was out of her mind on legal marijuana. I've been against the legalization of marijuana because I think it's a gateway drug. People say it's not. Well, yes, it is. Anyone who's on any of these other drugs that overdoses or die, whatever, their first thing they had was pot. So, and maybe before that, the first thing they had was alcohol. Alcohol's a gateway drug too. I'll admit that. Can you stop at alcohol and not do anything else? Do you need to get off alcohol and be completely sober? Everybody's different. But we know this. The pot that's out there legal today isn't the pot of five years ago, 10 years ago, 30 years ago. It's not. It's bad. It's bad, and a lot of it should be illegal, and we're not regulating enough. They let this woman off in California because they decided that the argument in court that these actions were involuntary because her lawyers argued for her that the 26-year-old Chad O'Melia that was stabbed 108 times and murdered talked her into taking a couple of more hits off the bong after they were both already high. Now, wait, she agreed to start smoking this pot. 
No question about that. The argument the lawyers made was they didn't stop. They kept smoking. They smoked too much. Well, you're effed up. Of course you're going to keep smoking it. And he coerced her into taking another hit off the bong. And then another hit. And it led her into this raging state where she went crazy and stabbed the dog and stabbed him and cut herself. Because the judge agreed that this was involuntary, what she did. She got two years probation and 100 hours community service word for murdering a guy high on drugs. That's California. Folks, we're screwed. We are absolutely screwed as a society. Do not do this. Don't, don't buy the most strongest stuff you can and start hitting off of a bong. I don't even, which I, I just, I know the terms. Honest to God, you guys can, a lot of you will laugh at this. A lot of you won't believe this. And I don't care because I, most of you will think that this is just stupid and not true. I've never tried it. I've never tried it. I, I, I've not. I watched my parents smoke when I was young and I never wanted to smoke and I never smoked because it was gross. And I've always thought, it makes if it makes you cough, whatever. I've had a few cigars in my life, and every time I do, my throat hurts the next day, and I have a nasty taste in my mouth. I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Put something burning in your mouth and inhale it in your lungs. I don't get it. Well, now you can do gummies, you can do all these other things. I've I've told some we have some friends that occasionally will take a gummy. They say, oh, it's it's totally different. It's not you know we take it at night to relax and whatever. I'm like, okay, whatever. They're all trying to talk me into maybe someday having a gummy. Maybe I'm not going to say that I won't. I'm never smoking pot. I'm never using a bong. I'm never doing any of that. But the gummies scare the hell out of me. I don't know what I'm getting. You're going to hand me a gummy? I don't know what this is. I'm not an expert in any way. It doesn't seem like this industry is regulated yet in any meaningful way. And now we have 33-year-old psycho killers on toxic weed killing her boyfriend. He's an accountant. This was a fine young man. He'd gone to college, became an accountant. He's a young professional. They're just getting as high as they can on the strongest legal weed they can find. She wigs out and kills him, and she pays no price other than guilt and shame and whatever the rest of her life. But we see mad things everywhere. Crown Center shooting last week. You guys saw this story at Crown Center in Kansas City? It was so cold in Kansas City that the gangs, the turf wars, the people that shoot each other up in Kansas City, Missouri, and kill each other decided we're going to have to go shoot each other inside. So they go meet at Crown Center and they have a shootout there. Like six different people got shot. Maybe like a dozen people had guns. There's bullets flying everywhere. They lock down Crown Center. They take all these people to the hospital. I don't think anybody died. I think they're all bad shots. I think like six were wounded or something. Awful. Well, now what's happened? Nobody's going to Crown Center. Eventually, nobody's going to go to Kansas City, Missouri. It's cold outside, so the shooting goes indoors. That's what happened. Business person at Crown Center says business is off 35% at least since the shooting. And my, my response to that is, that's it? Only 35%? I think it's safe to say I'm never shopping at Crown Center again. I may never shop on the plaza again. I may go down there and meet somebody for a happy hour or a dinner at a restaurant or something that could happen. I don't know that I would just go spend the day walking around on the plaza shopping. You, you got to do better than you're doing Kansas city, Missouri. If you want that to happen, because I'm out on all of those things. Our final final this Friday is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC online at robertsrobinson.com. Check out the all new Canyon Denali at robertsrobinson.com. 
Chevy GMC, we are professional grade. They're the home of the lifetime warranty. The Blue Moon Hotel in Manhattan and Goolsby's Indoor Entertainment Center and Restaurant. You're going to have a great time staying at the Blue Moon Hotel, whether it's business or pleasure, right in the corner of campus and Aggieville in Manhattanness, Kansas. BlueMontHotel.com, wedding parties, rehearsal dinners, receptions, reunions, and more. Get your buddies, plan a golf trip this spring. Go stay there at the Blue Moon Hotel. Have some fun. Do it while school's still in, guys. Yes, do it in April or early May. Go do it while school's still in and play some golf at Colbert Hills and spend a weekend with your, your frat brothers. You'll have a great time. BlueMontHotel.com. And if you're ordering at MyPillow this weekend, it's MyPillow.com. He could sure use your support, man. There's a lot of people out to get Mike, Mike Lindell these days. And he could use your support, and your promo code is KKHI. It is the maximum you can save at the website, MyPillow.com. MyPillow.com, promo code KKHI, or call 800 923 9034. Our final final is the former member of Mumford and Sons. Have you heard of the rock band Mumford and Sons? They're Irish, right? Uh, Irish, Scottish, English. I like Mumford and Sons. I like many of their songs. I'm kind of, they kicked Winston Marshall out of the band two and a half years ago. He was saying things about COVID and free speech, and he was clearly conservative, and they kicked him out of the band. He was one of the co founders, and they booted him over free speech. Winston Marshall has gone on to develop uh, Twitter accounts and be guests on shows and be outspoken about these issues and now is starting a podcast saying he's going independent. It's going to be the Winston Marshall Show. It's going to be available very soon, apparently. He's going to have big-name guests like because he's a major celebrity. They're major celebrities. He's got millions of dollars. He said, we're going to be a haven for free speech. He's going to go do it, man. This is awesome. Would it be an easier life to just tour with Mumford & Sons and make millions of dollars? Yes. He has some co-writing credits. He still has massive income coming in from that band that they cannot take away from him. They kicked this winner out of their band over free speech. You can't say what you say, they told him. Dana White last week had the best line. I don't have a leash on any of my fighters. There's no leash. It's free speech. You say what you want, when you want, and you deal with the consequences of what you say and what you do. Yes. Could the world please wake up to this? Be you. And where that leads you is where that leads you. Thanks for listening to Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Have a great weekend, everybody. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the KKList.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.